0: Two guys, two topics, two opinions, two, talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. First and goal, no, they said it was third down, it doesn't matter. Algier powers his way in, touchdown BYU. The fumble on the kickoff, and three plays later, the Cougars have the first six points. From the pistol, Algiers going to pitch it back to Pau, back to Hall. Hall throwing deep, wide open. Enzo, touchdown! And a Romney! Some brilliant play calling on this drive. 34 yards, BYU back ahead. So on first down, now another play fake, and again trying to get away. Stays alive and throws a pick! Sideline Merlin Robertson is going to be tracked out from behind. The ball comes out. I don't believe it. Algier. Tyler Algier chased him down and not only tackled him, he stripped it. And then it was the quarterback, Jaron Hall, who followed the play and hustled down and fell on the football.
1: Gordon BYU victorious on Saturday night, twenty-seven seventeen over the Arizona State uh, Sun Devils. That play from Tyler Algier uh, is that—that's going to be one that lives on right there.
2: You—you don't, you don't see a play like that every day. That's one of the best football plays I've ever seen yeah. in my life. I mean, what a play, Tyler Algier! That just watching what he did on that play tells you an awful lot about the kid. I mean, he first of all, anytime there's a turnover like that, like that, like that, everybody on the offense usually, you know, just sags a little, like oh, no. crap. And yet he, he he even got blocked on it. If you watch the replay, he got blocked, but he shed the block and took off running and just chased him down. You saw it. And then the the what was that? The Thunder God play. He soars through the air, hammers the ball loose from behind. Uh, that, that was unbelievable. Unfreaking so, uh,
1: Of course, uh, Austin and I were chatting about this before the show, and Austin said, uh, "You know, there were a lot of comparisons to the the Remember the Titans" play. I You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the DK Metcalf chase down. Oh, yeah. Uh, Was that last year or the year before? I I think it was last year. Where it looked like a video game. He was closing the gap so quickly, and he had the stride reminded me of it, where he's got those arms cranking, and he just looks like he's playing. He's just on a different plane as a human being. Uh That's what it reminded me of, where you're like, Wow. I thought Arizona these Arizona state guys are supposed to be fast, right? Because he's making it, it, it I told Austin it looked like a 10th grader playing football against 7th graders. <laughs> And chasing him down because he looked bigger, faster, and then to just make that athletic play where he just punched that out—it it 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 didn't look like it didn't look like it was real. Yeah, it it really it didn't it looked like Tecmo Super Bowl.
2: Well, I'm I'm watching it, you know, and I I see I see what's happening, and I'm going, oh, he's going to catch him, and then I'm like, what? The ball's loose, (laughs) and then Jaron Hall falls on it, and like, all right, that was. That was remarkable. Yeah. That was unbelievable. And good for BYU, man. I mean, Tyler Algier showed a little something. Of course, he is a former linebacker. That helps. Sure, But he must have been a fast linebacker. Because <laughs> he, he covered a lot of territory certainly there. Certainly
1: had some speed on that play. Yeah. There's no doubt about it.
2: Um, Obviously the play of the game right there. Yeah. That may be the Baylor-Romney pass at the end, but there were a bunch of them for BYU. And Arizona State... I mean, I was texting PK during the game, and it, it was just like, <laughs> he's like, I'm sort of bewildered by what I'm seeing. And he's like, have you been watching this team for the past 30 years? <laughs> PK will tell you to expect yeah. it. He so He went was, to Thunderbird High. He did. We found that out last uh, week. But, uh, but anyway, I, I just 16 penalties. Some of them were declined, so... Um, and, and four turnovers like that. I mean I, that's a fairly talented team. I, I think it's a talented team, but they uh, really struggled with themselves and it's like I always say Jake and I don't know whether you agree with a me great or man not. once said no I just uh, <laughs> uh, that it, when a team makes a bunch of mistakes, oftentimes it's because the opponent they are playing is is forcing them or nudging them in that direction. In this case, it was not only BYU, but 61,000 of their best friends in the crowd making all kinds of noise. Yeah, knowledge. quite the environment. Yeah.
1: It was a great game. I mean, BYU played well. Uh, I'm with you. Arizona State got in their way a bunch. Jaden Daniels didn't impress, I didn't think. Um, he did early on.
2: Right, but. I mean, had what do he have? Uh, he had 265 yards. Uh, he had what? 170 of them in the first half or yeah. something. But when they after they made the turnover on the opening kickoff, and BYU scored, then Arizona State showed a little something early on, the way they moved the ball down the field. But at that point, I thought, man, BYU might be in trouble. But they adjusted and and uh, took advantage of what they could and won the freaking game. And the what defense are you played say? well. Yeah. I mean, BYU. It, it's not like they're playing FCS schools, you know. Arizona State, nineteenth in the country. Well, they're 3-0 against the Pac-12 South. Yeah. So they deserve a lot of credit for what's happening. And I know some people are saying, oh, well, they're playing home games, essentially. Even the game in Vegas was a home game. Uh, so what? They've played three Pac-12 teams and won every one of them. Well, two and a half Pac-12 teams. Are you going to rip Arizona like well, that? Well, they're really bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost surprising that BYU didn't beat Arizona by more.
1: Yeah, Arizona lost to Northern, Northern Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> not off, not off to a good start. Well, we'll we'll get into the Pac-12 shortcomings, and there are many. Uh, that was the first time
2: Northern had beaten Arizona since I think I read 1932 or something Oof. like that. So that's rough. Wonder if Greg Hansen made it through the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, what would Greg say about what happened over the weekend? You think I, I, I have a feeling it wouldn't be uh, complimentary in any way, shape, or form. They really uh, got themselves in a mess. I mean, it's a sinking ship. You'll see. You'll see on on Saturday. I'm not just being negative. It, this is going to be a really bad season. Well,
1: it's looking that way, Greg. Looking that way, bud. Uh, I I just. I have to look this up to to confirm it. Again, we'll get into the bad day for the Pac-12. But did you see that Colorado only mustered 63 yes. yards of offense? How is that even possible? You should accidentally get more than 63 yards of offense. 60 minutes of football? Six, what? 63 yards. Ooh.
0: Hey, that's a yard a minute.
1: <laughs> Imagine <laughs> sitting down and watching that game. 63 yards. Jeez. Um I've, but heard of, Arizona, I've heard of going yard before but Arizona not one State at a time. is is better than uh than Arizona and better than Colorado. This was a good win for BYU. It was. I and hey, they made mistakes and BYU capitalized and this uh seems to be a team that's got a little bit of an it, uh, an it factor to it where they're going to go and they're going to play hard and now they're riding high with some confidence and um, you know, a, a difficult chunk of their schedule is in the rearview mirror. So. Oh, I
2: like the way you said that, Jake, because both against Utah and against Arizona State, BYU uh, gets the ball. They're trying to close the thing out. They get the ball with, what, six minutes to play against Utah is with nine minutes to play. And in both cases, they churn down the field. And it's not like BYU had been running the ball all that effectively, but it was on that last drive, it was runs because they didn't want to turn the ball over, and they just pounded it down the field. And Jaron Hall is a gifted, gifted football player, and then he gets the uh, the wind knocked out of him, as he said, and Baylor on, he trots in and throws that pass, and that was a dangerous pass. I mean, that guy— <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of play that if you don't put the ball exactly where it needs to be, the defender picks it off and uh, scampers 100-plus yards for a touchdown. And But he put the ball where it needed to be. Isaac Rex makes the nice catch, and game over.
1: Some bad news today and uh, we'll get to um we'll get to uh, Kalani Satake's press conference coming up a little bit later on in the show some highlights from it. Uh but uh, linebacker Keenan Peely tore his ACL. Yeah. He is done for the
2: season and he is a good player. He that's is. tough. A lot of what do you have like 17 tackles or something. Yeah, yeah. he's good. He's he's uh, yeah, that's football. Football can be a tough sport. And they've got some depth at the linebacker
1: position from a from a team standpoint, but I mean, if he's not the best player on the defense, he's pretty darn close.
2: He's a good player. There's yeah. no doubt about that. And BYU had some other injuries. Kalani talked about the depth of the team afterward. Well, they're going to need it. Yeah. But to have your second string quarterback come in and and free, win the game for you uh, is. Uh, That's a testament to uh, you're doing something right. And BYU is going to have to dig a little deeper to uh, continue on. They're favored by, what, by 23 points this weekend against South Florida? Against the Bulls. And then the following Friday, they get Utah State, who's surprising everyone. How about the Aggies? Shout out to the Aggies, really. In a wild one. Who thought this would happen? I mean, go Aggies! Blake Anderson... You got to give him a lot of credit. He brought in a lot, some all these transfers and whatnot, and it has energized that team, and uh, it's it's impressive. Uh, And you know, we don't talk about the Aggies probably as much as we should. My goodness, they're off to a fantastic start.
1: Well and we we can get into the Aggies a little bit more but when when he was hired you and I talked about it and we didn't know a ton about him and and you know different part of the country and all of that but I think you and I both liked the fact that he was an energetic guy yeah. and I remember our conversation about it because we talked whether uh, coaches nowadays need to be energetic and the is the stoic coach a thing of the past and and uh, it was I I thought it was an interesting conversation but his energy certainly translates on the field in a kind of a I'm trying to the best way to put this you know, but in an overachieving way, does uh, that make sense? and sure. i'm I'm trying not to insult uh, the aggies. i I really am because they they obviously brought in some good players. but they've got this this kind of this energy that I think gets them to play hard and believe. And I mean, I guess it factor. We're talking all about all these touchy feely words, but you know, go out and play a good football game and go win it. You know, and I, I think you can see that in this Utah State team.
2: I, I didn't I, think they I, I didn't think they'd beat Air Force. Yeah, and they were down for a lot of the yeah. game, and by not just a couple points, they uh, stormed back from double digit deficits. And uh, then they get uh, some really nice contributions, both on offense and defense, although points are being scored left and right. But, but I'm telling you right now, that Justin Rice, I mean, he was named Mountain West Conference Defensive Player of the Week. Good for him, man. An interception in the end zone, uh, f- like 14 tackles, and the, he caused the fumble that essentially gave the game to, to uh, Utah State. That kind of performance tells you a lot about what's happening with that team.
1: So, did you see this? Uh, so, this from a tweet from Brett McMurphy that the Aggies against Boise State uh, on Saturday. The game is going to be on Big CBS, yeah. and it's the first time network television uh, network TV has done a game from Logan. First time ever. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? How about that? More eyeballs are going to be like able that. to watch Aggie football on Saturday than ever
2: before. We'll see what happens. I was a little surprised they picked up the game, to be honest. But I could see for it. the Aggies. I could see it more if Boise State was off to a 3-0 and start or something. But uh, Boise has uh, had its, a little bit of struggles early on. So we'll see how that goes. That's a, that's a big game for the, for the Aggies. Um, yeah, so good for them. CBS coming to town, rolling on in, to Logan Town. That's great for the university.
1: There's no doubt about that. All right, uh, let's talk about uh, the Utes. Gordon, you were predicting a big win. Not so much. Did, Did I you, say a big win? Yeah, you were. They, that was the theme of the show on Friday. You a were, big win. You were talking about how they were going to pound them and everything was going to be mm, I fine. I didn't
2: say that. I said San Diego State's a good team, and they are. But I was surprised that the Utes did not handle their business in that game. What a game. What a crazy game. What the heck was going on there? Utes uh, struggling on offense at times.
1: And, well, uh, isn't it interesting, honestly, that they, they put
2: in a new quarterback and all of a sudden they start to move the football? So here's a question. You know how they sort of sped it up a little bit because they needed to? Uh, do you think that— uh, that the, the did did you talk the anchor out with Charlie Brewer in the game? Um, no. Okay, just let
1: would ask you. You uh, you think that uh, he was not playing well because the coaches were doing something? Is that I, what you are getting I, at?
2: No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that things changed. A lot of things changed when Cam came in the game, and not, and it wasn't just the quarterback. That changed. But uh, I'm not sure. You know, I was thinking about you on this, Jake, because I'm not quite sure what Utah is offensively. And this is something that i got to give a credit. You hit that hard before the season started that you thought that they should pound the rock. And they don't seem to be very capable of doing that. Uh, well, they certainly struggled in that regard against that particular defense. And saving their stakes defense, I mean, You would expect with the coaches they have on that staff that they would be fairly, you know, proficient defensively. Well, they gave the Utes an awful lot of different looks.
1: Well, that's why I was uh, I was saying last week that San Diego State, the way they play was a bad matchup for Utah at this particular time, because it's a it's a tough team to fix the problems that they had against BYU against. Well,
2: they don't know who to block.
1: The all line is a big problem. And maybe Charlie Brewer was part of that problem because I don't think he handles pressure particularly well. Maybe he was holding on the ball uh, quite a bit. But <clears throat> the amount of plays that
2: we saw San Diego State in the lap of the running back. Yeah, yeah. When you can barely make the handoff. Uh huh. So do you blame the offensive line? Do you blame the running backs? Do you think where would you rate the talent or the, the, the efficiency in performance? How are you divvying up that blame if you're looking for some... I think a lot of it has to go to the offensive line, don't yeah, you? Yeah. And I, I th- hey,
1: by the way, shout out to Nick Ford who jumped on with DJ and PK joins them weekly and sometimes um, Gordon, over the years, you've seen this. Athletes don't uh, exactly love jumping on the radio after a tough loss, and you could tell he was not uh, thrilled about life at the moment. Yep. That, uh, but it, it was a really, really good interview. I would encourage people to go back and, and give a listen. You can, you can hear kind of how the team is feeling through through this Nick Ford interview, and he he was uh, he was really really good. But you know, the O line has got to be better. It has that they, they can't. I mean they've got to score points. And the good news for the Utes, it looks like the rest of the league is probably going to stink too. So that's <laughs> probably not the worst thing in the world as they have not lost a conference game yet, but they they're there's they've got issues offensively. Um,
2: Always looking for the light in the distance, aren't you?
1: Good well, news is the Pac-12 sucks. The league is really bad. So did did we mention Colorado got 63 yards of, of forward <laughs> progression? We mentioned that in the last segment. So, oh, you know, not all is lost for the Utes because the, comp- the competition. The South? Is- what happened there? The North was already stinky. <laughs> like, it's, you know, the Utes will probably be fine because they've got some games starting this week with Washington State where they can work on some stuff against some competition that's not quite so good. And I'm with you. San Diego State's a, a good football team. That was a bad matchup for Utah, and that yeah. was a tough game for them. But. That the O-line's going to have to figure it out, and then I, I think you go with Rising, right? Yeah, that's yeah. I think you do. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not the type of uh, sports radio guy that closes the book on quarterbacks quickly because I think that that can do a disservice to a team if you're wrong.
2: You better be darn sure. Right, know? but sometimes there are other factors involved, and that's what I was hinting out before. But uh, we'll see. I mean, Cam Rising came in and gave the Utes a lift. We'll see how it goes from here. You know, we'll hear some of what Kyle Whittingham said later in the show uh, when he uh, spoke to folks today. But one thing that he said that stood out to me a little bit is he said the defense has an identity and the offense doesn't. Well, the offense may not have an identity, but the defense is getting beat in ways that I would not have expected. Yeah. I I mean, I don't think that's this team's issue, though.
1: Maybe, well, maybe it's I, not its I, biggest I, issue. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Maybe I shouldn't give the—you know, benefit of the doubt is a funny thing, right? I mean, you you were giving the Utes a fair amount of benefit of the doubt last week, and you weren't alone in that, by the way. But it's, it's kind of funny. I don't give the Ute offense the benefit of the doubt. I give the Ute defense the benefit of the doubt. They'll, they'll tape it together and figure it out and do all those sorts of things as long as they don't get beat physically like they did against BYU, which was weird. But I don't think that— but they
2: were giving up the yardage on the ground that
1: I didn't expect. Yeah, so maybe maybe I shouldn't give the defense a benefit of the doubt, but I kind of am. I think Utah's biggest issue is on offense. They don't have a star. Um, I don't. I mean, we'll see what kind of quarterback Cam Rising can turn in can turn into. The O line is is issue number one. Makai um, Bernard, I was trying to tell you last week. I like him; he's a good player, but I don't think he's a home run hitter yeah. like Ty Jordan was. They, they wide receivers continue to be an issue. The tight ends are the the best group on the field offensively for Utah. So I guess maybe they get creative on how best to exploit that. But I don't, I don't know how they fix. I mean, do you th- would you predict this Utah offense to add any point this year to be dynamic?
2: Well, uh, based well, on what you've seen, I, I'm not going to close the book on that yet. Uh, I, but certainly, that you've uh, you've circled the right problem with the Utes there,
1: this you, year. Speaking of lacking of identity, Utah is the like most finesse run team in history. <laughs> And I've been telling you this for a long time, too. Just turn into the spin and go into a pro-style offense. Get as many linemen as you possibly can on the field and run it down their throat. None of this zone read stuff
2: anymore. Well, yeah, and these you, zone get, blocking stuff. Just, just get out there and run over the other team. Can you do that, though? Well. You might not be able to do that, either.
1: Well, based on the offensive line we're watching right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear you. But I'm not—I don't know. I Utah— They don't have an identity. Whatever that identity needs to be, maybe rational minds could have a debate on that. But
2: this ain't it. I'm with with you on that. I thought it was a candid admission by uh, Kyle Whittingham to say talent on the team is not the problem. Well, if that's not the problem, then what is the problem? It's either the mental side of the game from the players or it's the coaches haven't properly organized this group.
1: Well, see, here's, here's the big problem with talking up your team constantly like they're going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread is when it doesn't go that way.
2: It's the coach's
1: well, well, fault. what is Exactly. It's going to backfire. What's what it supposed to do? Come out and say, oh, yeah, I was lying to you all summer. <laughs> and uh, really, we have no talent on this team. No, but like, he he's not going to say that. But
2: he doesn't have to underscore the fact that they've got talent. I mean, he was pointing the finger pretty much at him and his staff. At and least and I have to give him credit for that. At least he didn't say we're young, which is usually <laughs> the direction coaches
1: go when they're underachieving. Yeah. Whether it's I've true heard or that not. a lot through the years. But uh <laughs> they, but, were, but they were real young three out of Gary Croton's four
2: years at BYU. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that was when they were working on the highway, the freeway. And I remember going down there, seeing all those orange barrels on the road. And then I'd go into Lavelle Edwards Stadium and see that uh, there are orange barrels all over the field. But uh, I I we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, like you said, essentially, the Pac-12 is not great. The Utes have not played a Pac-12 game yet. So maybe they can put this thing together and maybe they can do some damage because the other teams in the league look extremely vulnerable right now. And a quarterback play around the yeah. league is really down. It's, uh, yeah. I want to remind you about our friends at Sound sleep Medical.
1: Do you snore at night? Or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit SoundSleepMedical.com. More next 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.